She never really communicated with me, but as soon as we turned on Frank Sinatra, she started singing, we started dancing. That's my favorite part of attending, just seeing the beauty of the individual. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, the author of two books for caregivers, and a frequent speaker at caregiver conferences and webinars. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. That and a glass or two of wine. Yeah, that never hurts. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I remember when we would visit my grandmother when she was in assisted living facility, and I think we should point out that uh, she was 100 years old uh, when she went into the assisted living facility. And uh, I remember how when we would go in, all the residents would light up because somebody came to visit one of their friends or family member. And it was it was just so awesome just to see them light up in that moment. And even when we had your dad with us, when Kelly would bring uh, his great-granddaughter o- Ava over, there, there's a special connection between seniors and young people. Um, they seem to get each other on a level that the generation in between as loving and caring as they are for both of them, it, it, it's different when you're dealing with seniors and, and young people. Right. And personally, I find I like to be around young people and not be reminded every day how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to today's guest, who is the Chief Executive Officer for National Alzheimer's Buddies, or NAB, which is a nonprofit that pairs college students with Alzheimer's patients, buddies. NAB is an intergenerational movement responding to the profound isolation and social disengagement experienced by people in the intermediate to late stages of Alzheimer's disease. NAB builds meaningful, lasting relationships with residents during weekly one-on-one visits. We are so happy to welcome Jillian Lee. Jillian, thank you so much for being here with us, and we're really eager to share what you're doing with as many people as possible. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us what got you, what inspired you to do this wonderful work that you're doing now. Sure. So I've had numerous extended family members affected by the disease, um, and I am driven to find a cure and just to be involved. So an undergrad at Boston College, I was the co-founder of the National Alzheimer's Buddies chapter, And then I was so passionate about the nonprofit that I wanted to get involved at a larger scale. Um, So I applied to the chief executive officer position um, and I was picked as the role and I was the youngest member to ever be selected, um, which is just amazing and hopefully shows my dedication towards the disease. So we want to let people know that you are a college student yourself. So, you know, that really, you know, speaks to your passion to it and your commitment to it and, um, how you can inspire others in your age group to do this. Yes. So I graduated from Boston College undergrad um, last May, and now I am in a PhD program here at Wake Forest. Um, It's a five-year program, um, receiving a PhD in neuroscience with a focus in Alzheimer's disease. 
Now, one other thing I want to bring up real soon, we're talking about Alzheimer's buddies, but I've also seen it mentioned as dementia buddies. Yes. So it, people can hear either term and it's correct either way. Yes. So um, dementia is an umbrella term, which you guys are probably familiar with. Um, we have frontal temporal dementia, Lewy body dementia, Alzheimer's disease. Um, so we're inclusive of the whole umbrella. Jillian, in looking at the website and, and the whole bit and looking at your mission statement, and it's connecting college-age students with people with dementia in, in care facilities. Do you have to be a college student to be an all's buddy? Yes. Um, at the moment, we are just in colleges um, looking to expand. We're currently in 25 states, and my goal by the end of the year is to get a chapter in every state. Um, so always looking to expand. But right now, um, we're just expanding in the college realm. So once you graduate, you kind of age out or no? Um, yep. So you can age out. We um, have an advisory board where alumni can come back and share their experience and their expertise. Um, so a lot of our members have gone on to medical school um, and they've provided input back later in life. But you also get influx of new people each year as more people are entering college. So it, it's a um, demographic that continues to go even as people age out. So that, that's interesting as well. Yes. Yes. We always have fresh new faces, <laughs> the freshmen coming in. Um, we, they're always eager to join. And I suspect that after you, quote, age out, you still end up being involved in some way, shape, or form, whether it's with All's Buddies as an advisor, as you say, or some other um, organization uh, supporting Alzheimer's. Of course. Yep. Or dementia. Yes. And this um, m month, we're having our first alumni event where um, alumni are coming back and helping our volunteers, whether it be um, resumes, CVs, medical school applications. Um, so our alumni do come back and they do try to help the younger generation of Alls Buddies. So who reaches out to the colleges? How does the college know that your program exists? Sure. So there are three different routes that could happen. So someone from a university where we don't have a chapter could reach out. They could say we're very passionate about Alzheimer's disease and we'd love to have a chapter started. In that case, the national organization helps you pair with a facility. Um, and then we ask that you find a facility advisor and become an official club on campus. So that's the first approach. Um, a college student reaches out to us. The second approach is that a facility reaches out to us. Um, and we find them a college nearby and we pair them and we reach out to a volunteer. Or the third um, route is that the national organization will reach out to the university. Uh, maybe it's the me uh, medical school listing and see if anybody's interested in starting a chapter. Um, but most of the time, it's the college students that reach out to the national organization. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Yes, it is. You know, people think too often that support for dementia patients and all, Alzheimer's patients comes only from the family. And also it's, it's all about older people, you know, adults taking care of their parents or uh, someone taking care of their spouse. And we've tried to get the message out a number of times that there are so many younger people who are interested and passionate about and want to know how to help. Um, so again, what you're doing is so important. 
definitely. I remember um, from my experience volunteering, a family member had come up to me and they said, you guys are a hidden gem. We wish we knew more about you and we wish uh, you were all over the country. So we're definitely trying to not be a hidden gem anymore. We're trying to expand and grow and um, trying to make a difference to our all's buddies. Now, is there any type of uh, qualification to be an all's buddy or just a college student that wants to help? Sure. Um, just ha- getting a college chapter started. Um, we have a chapter director who's the leader um, who recruits the volunteers and pairs with the facility. Um, and then they're responsible. We pass the torch off to them. Um, they run the volunteering. At the national level, we do provide everybody with training. And then at the facility, they go through a second additional training um, just because there's a wide variety of individuals coming in. Some may have never been exposed to Alzheimer's. Um, and we just want to make sure that they're properly trained before they go to the facilities. Now, let's say my college doesn't have a chapter and there's not much interest of anybody wanting to start a chapter. Can I reach out to the national organization and still participate locally, but not be part of a local chapter? So, yeah, you're um, asking if there's no local chapter, but if someone is super passionate and would like to volunteer. So we're definitely trying to expand that realm. Unfortunately, we are right now just working with college chapters just because they have the transportation and the bandwidth to partner with the facilities. Um, But we have other opportunities that this individual could participate in, whether it be the virtual symposium, um, whether it be a pen pal with the family or um, an Alzheimer's patient in the area. Um, That's definitely an area that we're looking to expand. Now, I hate to have to ask this question, but in today's world, are there background checks? Yes. So there are the um, facility goes through all of that with the individuals. And um, the main reason why we do work with the universities, unfortunately, in today's world is liability. Um, So we were looking to expand in high schools. um, But at the moment, we're just looking um, to expand in colleges. A moment ago, you mentioned your virtual symposium. Now, you have that every November? Yes. Yep. So that started in 2020 when everybody was locked down in a pandemic. We thought, what can we do to bring awareness to Alzheimer's disease? So the first year um, we had awesome guest Lauren Rogan. Um, She is the founder of Hilarity for Charity with her husband, Seth Rogan. Um, She was our special guest and we talked about um, how COVID-19 affected Alzheimer's patients. And um, we looked at the underserved communities and how um, there's a disproportion between African-American women Um, just educating our volunteers. And then this year, um, we looked at the sex differences in Alzheimer's disease, how women are two times more likely um, to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And then we heard from a bunch of different um, family members and caregivers. And women are not only more susceptible to the disease, but they're more often the caregiver as well. Not always. There are a lot of men who are doing it, but primarily it's women. It's a disease of women being cared for by women. Um, Now, do you have a lot of male college students who are involved in your program? So we definitely feel that um, disproportionate in our college chapters as well. I will say it varies from um, chapter to chapter. I know at my Boston College chapter, we only had about two gentlemen that volunteered um, and we had 45 in the group. So that number was extremely disproportionate. Um, But we do have a significant male volunteer. Um, They're just all spread out across the country. Mm -hmm. Our founder, actually, Ryan, um, who had started at Harvard University, he was the founder um, and he was a male. So maybe that shows something for statistics. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you were were talking about how 
Alzheimer's affects females two to one. And I'm thinking, this is where you insert the joke of how men drive women crazy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why it's two to one. <laughs> Very true. And they do say women live longer, so. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear if, you, if you're able to share a particular story about someone living in a care home and their buddy and how they related to one another and created this relationship. Uh, because stories, stories are a great way to really illuminate how something is working. Sure. So I will call my buddy. I can talk about personal experiences. So I will call her Susan um, just for privacy. So Susan, I would see, I was paired with Susan and I would see Susan every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. And we would always go in and Susan would always have a smile on her face, but she was very reserved, wouldn't really communicate um, until one day I remember relating. I'm very close to my grandparents and I remember how much they loved Frank Sinatra. So I said, today I'm going to be different. I'm going to do some music therapy and I'm going to play Frank Sinatra with our group of 20 buddies. And I remember as soon as I turned on Frank Sinatra, all of our group, we got up, we started dancing and everybody started singing. It was amazing because Susan, she never really communicated with me. But as soon as we turned on Frank Sinatra, she started singing, we started dancing. That's my favorite part of attending, just seeing the beauty of the individual. So, you know, I've seen that so many times as a music therapist. It's amazing how music just reaches in and pulls the person out into the into the here and now or takes them into a happier time. Or if they're angry, it soothes them down. If they're depressed, it picks them up. It's amazing what music does. Definitely. We try to encourage music therapy. We also do the YMCA. We try to do active movements. We have all of our buddies do the Y, the M, the C, and the A. We also do a lot of ball therapy um, just to try to get a little bit of exercise in. So we toss the ball and it um, allows the buddies to engage with each other because uh, a lot of the times that doesn't happen unless the uh, volunteers are actively in there trying to um, host events. Sometimes we do like puppet making, painting, drawing, just keeping the buddies active. Um, we're there for them, and this time is for them. So whatever they would like to do, we do for them. So I want to point out, you keep using the term buddies. And yes. and we talked previously about how that is a term to use instead of patient. Yes. So instead of dementia patient, we call um, them buddies. We want to give them a more humane, a humane name. Um, so we anytime you hear me, buddies, call a buddy, it's a dementia patient. I have to imagine that when when they hear the music and you know, you're doing some of these projects with them, then they begin to talk about life experiences. So in a way, the college student buddy gets to he hear their history and their lives. And I can, I can imagine that that's creating a special bond between the two of you. I was just gonna say, I could share a story about that as well. So each um, volunteer, is presented with a history of the buddy's life. So just to get to learn more about them, their family. Um, and I can share another story. So we'll call her Grace. Um, Grace was another buddy of mine that I had. And every time I would go in, Grace would always tell me about her two sons. Um, and in her mind, her sons were just about to get married and he was in, engaged. So I would always hear about Grace's son. And it was amazing because one day Grace's son came in and he was now in his late 70s. But it was amazing pairing what she had visioned of her son to him in real life. And we just laughed and talked about how much she always tells me about him and his brother and just their experience growing up. So 
it's amazing just hearing about their life story and relating. And then when the families come in, getting to share those moments because they might not know or realize that that goes on. Um, so it's awesome just being able to share the stories with the families as well. And it's interesting for the family to hear those stories too. Uh, it's funny because uh, I guess it was the night before last, I talked to a cousin of mine and his mother-in-law is starting to go into the mid-range of cognitive impairment. And I said, you know, have pictures and look at the pictures, the family pictures, and that can, when, when she starts talking about that picture or that time in the place, th- that can orient you, my cousin and his wife, to where she is in her time and place, and then his wife can go with her back to that time. And I said, you know, your, your wife and her brother can find out some really wonderful stories. You know, it's not uncommon for somebody to say, oh, yeah, I'm so proud of, of Grace uh, because she was, she was always so smart and she always did this and she always did that. And she always made me so proud. And she may never have said that to Grace, but now all of a sudden that's coming out. And you can get some really, really good insight into how somebody cared about you. Well, I have to say that I enjoyed your talking about the woman always talking about her sons and he was engaged and about to get married and he came in and and he's in his 70s. So through that process, we get to stay forever young. (laughs) 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 because you know in the in the regular day-to-day with adult children you know they kind of looked at look at us as we're so old um (laughs) but in the in that case we stay forever young so i I appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um jillian i let's say i have a family member say my grandmother now she's been gone since 1999 but say my grandmother was in the facility, how do I get her an all's buddy? Sure. So we reach out to the facility. So any facility we pair with, they have a memory care unit. Um, and we match each buddy to a volunteer. Um, and then we reach out to the families um, and just introduce ourselves. Um, so if the individual is not paired up or the buddy doesn't have a volunteer, the family member could reach out to the local chapter um, and see if they can get signed up with a buddy. And then if that doesn't work, you can try to reach out to the national level and we'll definitely try to match you guys. Okay, so I I have two avenues to get my grandmother or my loved one a buddy, and that's reach out locally to the college campuses that may have a chapter or a national. Yep, and for the listeners, if you guys work in a memory care facility and are interested about getting a chapter started, please reach out to the national level. We're always looking for areas to expand in. Um, and it can come either from the chapter side or um, the facility side. Now, again, you're the one that knows the most about this, and, and you're the one that has so much information to share. So I want to give you the opportunity to mention things we might not think of to mention to you. So what is it that you feel we haven't said yet that you would like our listeners to hear? Sure. So another huge initiative that we're working on, and we kind of touched upon this before, is that African-American women are two times more likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease 
In 2020, we started a huge initiative to start expanding into more underserved communities. Um, so last year, we launched the Wesley House Initiative, or sorry, the Northside Memories Program, um, where we partnered with Wesley House. And this is in an underserved community in St. Louis, um, where individuals, so this is a little different than our normal setup. So these individuals um, will drop off their family member um, their buddy at the Wesley House, and our volunteers will come into this. It's not a facility, it's more of a um, a gathering house, uh, so a little different, and it's a little more, a longer visit, um, and they can spend the day with the buddies, um, just talking to them, and it kind of takes the load off of the family member if they want to go run errands, do some shopping, and then come back at the end of the day. Um, they know that they're uh, family members being taken care of at the Wesley House. So we're looking to expand that initiative across the country. So that's kind of like a um, community center type situation where they come to like a community center? Yes. Yep. So that was our first pairing with the Wesley House in St. Louis. Um, so for your listeners, if anybody's in St. Louis and would like to join that, um, we're always looking to expand. Um, so please feel free to join. And I'm sure there are other communities as well. You know, sometimes the Hispanic community feels that um, they're underserved as well. Um, the LGBTQ community, they have special needs. We've had people on our on our show that talked about how to make everybody feel comfortable and inclusive when they're in a care home. There's so many communities and so much work to be done for all of us. Yeah, so we're definitely looking to expand. Uh, at National Alzheimer's Buddies, we have about 12 members that work, and we are all 100% volunteer-based. Um, so all of our volunteers that work at National Alzheimer's Buddies are just dedicated to the cause. So um, we're definitely looking to expand. Um, we have to do it, unfortunately, within our bandwidth. But if anybody's interested um, in becoming involved, we'd love the support, and we'd love to expand. You know, a dementia affects the entire family. It's not just the person with the disease or the person that's doing most of the primary care, whether they're in getting care at home or if they're getting care in, in a facility. It affects everybody. Um, it, it affects the relationships between young people and their grandparents. It affects relationships between spouses and brothers and sisters. It, you know, it's, it's something that is so impactful for the entire family. And whether the family pulls together or the family splinters, it happens because of the, the amount of support somebody has. So knowing that your group is coming in and you're facilitating some of these stories and some of these memories, you have an impact on the entire family just as the disease does. Well, I got to tell you, Jillian, it's been an absolute joy having you on the show. Bobby and I got a lot out of it, and I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of it. And hopefully the All's Buddies will get a lot out of it, that you'll get folks covering those states that you need to, to reach your goal by the end of the year. And hopefully we'll help facilitate some of that. You know, um, people thank us for doing what we do. Right. But a large part of the joy and benefit that we get is meeting people like you and making these connections and being get, getting the word out to help so many people. I mean, you never really know how many people's lives that you touch, but you are touching probably thousands, if not millions, through this outreach that you're doing. And we can't thank you enough for being part of our show. 
Well, thank you for having me today. Thank you for allowing me to tell you all about National Alzheimer's Buddies um, and to the listeners. Um, if you're interested, please reach out. Um, we'd love to get your family members involved um, and we'd love to keep growing. So thank you for allowing me to share my story today. Thank you. So one of the things I got out of today is there are three ways that the Alls Buddies come to be. One is that the colleges reach out to the organization to start up a chapter. Number two is that a particular facility reaches out to the national organization and that the organization reaches out to colleges also. So that's a, it's kind of a three-pronged attack, and that's wonderful. Absolutely, Mike. I was very interested to hear about the Wesley House Initiative and how All's Buddies, Alzheimer's Buddies, is reaching out to un- underserved communities, um, the African-American communities, the Hispanic communities, and trying to reach as many people as they possibly can. You can find more information about Jillian and links to All's Buddies' website, and Facebook page on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes, post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that dot show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.